Hello and welcome to the Oral Health Podcast. In connection with National Smile Month, we are here promoting discussion of issues prevalent in the dental industry and providing information and insight into common practices and procedures. Today we're focusing on the BSP UK version of the S3 treatment guidelines. This episode of the Oral Health Podcast has been sponsored by GSK. If you're unaware, GSK provides a range of specialist therapeutic oral health care products which are clinically proven to help patients with oral health conditions such as dentine hypersensitivity, gingivitis, erosive toothwear and xerostoma. GSK works closely with dental healthcare professionals during their practice through their dedicated health professional website, which we will link at the end of this podcast. DHCPs can register to access product condition and information, patient samples, personalised education modules, patient care resources, news and much more. So let's get into today's topic. I am sat here with Dr Ben Atkins, who is the president of the Oral Health Foundation to discuss periodontal disease. Periodontal disease is one of the most common inflammatory diseases in UK adults and new global periodontal disease classification guidances acknowledge this, highlighting the critical role of prevention and management of gingivitis and today we're going to have a discussion about these new guidelines with Ben. So, I mean, Ben, how are you today? Really good. It's a lovely day where I am. The children are at school and I've got a nice warm cup of coffee whilst we're chatting as well. So it's all good. Can't be much better than that. <laughs> no, not at all. So, periodontal disease. You've got to be a special kind of dentist to get excited about periodontal disease. And by the way, I am one of those geeks. <laughs> I love gum disease. It's a brilliant subject. The wonderful new legislation and guidelines and things. The biggest change is the categorization. You're involving the patient a lot more in the diagnosis. Historically, it, it did feel very dry. It felt very stuffy. It felt very professional. And the new categorization, the three categories, I really love because it's all about communicating with the patient of what they've got. Almost dentists come second and they should come second in what we do. The communication categorization should be something that a patient goes, oh, I've got that. I've got category three periodontitis. And then patients understand it. They take ownership. They take value. And I really do like this new categorization. Mm. What are some of the key changes in the classifications that you've seen? For me, there's now three categories. So you've got number one, which is periodontal health, which I like that. It's healthy gums. You know, that's simple. Number two, gingivitis. Number three, periodontitis. It does go geeky after that, but it gives you that A, B, C process. And that's what I like, really like about it. So number one, periodontal health. And it allows some patients to have a little bit of bleeding. So that's that. It's quite a big shift. It used to be your gums had to be really zeros everywhere, no bleeding whatsoever. But now it's less than 10% of bleeding and no attachment or bone loss between the teeth, incidentally. Now, number two, gingivitis. So that's 10 to 30% bleeding locally or greater than 30% bleeding. And that's generally. So you've got local gingivitis and you've got general gingivitis. And I really like that because that's the reversible section. That's my world that I live in. I can sit down with the patient's give them an electric toothbrush or interdental brush or whatever it is. And that gingivitis can is reversible to go up to normal, healthy periodontal health. And I always go this way with my patients. They all need a why. They need a what's in it for me. Well, having your teeth forever is in it for you. And that's what I like about these descriptions. I think it's really nice. Yes, we can negotiate the nitty gritty with everybody. Dentists can go geeky. I don't agree about that. But a lot of people spend a lot of time doing this a lot more important people than me 
and they've done all the the sciencey bit, the the PhD bit, and I'm just doing the behavioural change testing to my patients, and I love it. I, I, I think it's a really good tool. So then you've got three, which is periodontitis. Now, this is really exciting because it's exciting. That sounds that sounds so geeky, doesn't it? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I apologise. But interdental attachment loss is is really critical because that's the that's the loss of the attachment of the periodontal ligament to the bone within between the two teeth or adjacent teeth or two more sites. So then you've got, that takes into consideration recession, bone loss. But once bone is lost in these situations, this patient is a patient forever now. Mm -hmm. However, they can be healthy. We can stop it. This is the, the biggest challenge that I find with periodontal patients in the old world was I've cured it now. I don't have to do it anymore. I've taken my pill. Well, no, actually, this is about prevention. This is about doing the correct oral hygiene journey for life Mm -hmm. because your teeth have now changed dramatically in shape and where they need to be brushed. And you've got some different surfaces that the periodontal health patients do not have exposed and you need to keep them clean. So that strategy of oral health is fascinating. There's some amazing tools out there to do all these things. You then move on to localized periodontitis, which is less than 30% of teeth, generalized, which is greater than 30%. And you've got a categorization of molar incisor pattern bone loss. So it's really worth visiting the website to look at that categorization in further depth. Then you've got the staging of mild, moderate, severe, or very severe disease. And then you grade it. You say, how quickly is this progressing? We look and we look back on all the factors of the patients. And it's usually looking back on how quickly they've progressed in the past. My reflection on my patients, is I think I've had two phenomenally aggressive periodontal disease patients that I could not effect a change to. After I'd done through oral hygiene, I'd done everything. These patients were, they were ridiculously aggressive and they had an autoimmune problem and that sort of stuff. So it was a, there was underlying conditions, but it's very important to understand who you refer to because that's my responsibility. My responsibility is to vet those specialists. Are they good enough to see my patients? So periodontal disease is a, is a critical symbiotic journey with a team approach I'm using really big words in this podcast. This is brilliant. <laughs> My mom would be so impressed. But it's that utilization of your dental nursing team, so the, the oral health. Mm-hmm. You take that responsibility back when they're not responding. You monitoring, working with the specialists, the journey to do the keeping that patient at heart. And this classification I really like because it is keeping that patient in that educated journey. It's some the the flow charts that are around at the moment. A patient could understand without me being involved. And that is critical because it's all about upstream. It's all about that patient understanding that this is the normal process. I'm okay. We're all right to have a look at this. Don't worry. It's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And that's my job because these patients, once they buy in, they come in with lists of questions, man. You know, they sit down and you think, right, that's it. Brilliant. Won't get me. And the nurse just, my nurse just used to look at me and she'd sort of disappear out of the room. And a cup of tea would arrive. <laughs> Listening and talking to a patient is my role. This new guidance really empowers me as a professional to do that. I'm gushing over this. I really like this. Can I you can tell? tell. You sound very enthused. <laughs> oh. But it is a good point in that these guidelines allowing you to discuss more openly with a patient and 
explain the journey to them and as well you raised a good point there of they have been formulated in a way that uh, someone without dental experience or dental training could look at that and be able to understand it which is just so crucial you know what i i, I truly believe this i think the rest of the medical profession could learn a lot from dentistry the fact that we've massively turned a corner into taking patient responsibility back into the patient's journey Mm -hmm. overall it's the patient's body it's the patient's self that's going to have to live with those conditions for the rest of their lives we're not i hope that i brush my teeth correctly these days my (laughs) kids do check occasionally with disclosing tablets and they they do say daddy daddy okay mr dentist let's check your teeth (laughs) but that's but that's the role we play as dentists we're gatekeepers we are educationers that learning journey is fantastic is what we do is there anything in the new guidelines about um, like assessing risk the risks and everything haven't really changed but the, the guidance that we're finding now coming from central from from all the societies the british society of periodontal disease and implantology they've got such a big name um is amazing because it really gives you a template on how to treat these patients mm-hmm. so it, the, the first phase of treatment is all about foundation building. Um, it's about explaining the disease to the patients. It's about explaining the risks and the benefits. We used to classify our patients in the red, amber, green. And this was saying to the patient, you have gum disease. And that's that first page. That's that first phase of the course. The whole journey for this is actually to say to the patient, no, no, you're responsible for this. I'm a guide. I will help you. We're talking about oral health. The OHI behavioral change education was critical. Um, standard journey in this first phase of treatment we would have a patient contract Mm -hmm. we would have an educational patient journey that that patient would say i have gum disease nothing else literally nothing else we'd make sure they go through an oral hygiene journey we'd make sure they saw a nurse to do the oral hygiene journey. not my time so the guidance is brilliant because it's about understanding whose role is what and whose responsibility is what and that's the first phase of this and we've got to make sure that our role as the, as the dentist and the coordinator is to look at the big risk factors, giving that patient that option to do that. Because I think that's, that, that's that responsibility thing again. You know, it's that, it's that patient empowerment is absolutely critical. And from looking at this journey, it's brilliant because it gives that dentist that backup to say, no, you haven't stopped smoking. Mm-hmm. So you can't get through the door. You have got... Um, some underlying big factors. Now, th- th- there is a lot of discussion about links with periodontal disease and cis- other systemic diseases. And for me, I think that evidence is tenuous. It's not quite there yet, but there is links. Is periodontal disease a, an indicator, a symptom that there are some other things going on? So yes. So I, I would then go to them, let's speak to your GP. Let's make sure we've dealt with that underlying conditions first mm-hmm. and that working with that balance. Are you under a lot of stress? Because that can affect how's your dietary influence? What, what, what are we doing? And empowering and educating patients. It's amazing that you might be the first medical professional who spent some time with that patient and empowered them to take responsibility for their mouths. So I use periodontal disease as that tool to enable and empower patients. And nine times out of 10, in that first phase, I do hardly do anything in the patient's mouth except for oral hygiene journey and empower because we want that inflammation to go. And then we set a recall period and review them. So things we used to use in practice were, were videos. So I, I mean, I, you know me, Sophie, I, I like doing the old podcasts and videos. So we used to do that for our patient. 
it was standardized every but every patient got it you know so it was a standardized oral hygiene journey and we learned from this process standardization videos went to the patient so they could take those messages home because funnily enough majority of my patients are quite nervous in my practice they don't really want to be there yeah so I used to sit down with the patient and say, don't worry about it. You don't need to listen to me. All I want you to know is in this phase, you have got gum disease. And I have taken responsibility. I've, I've written a letter to your GP saying, we're worried about the vascular condition of this patient. Can you please do some further investigations? These patients were far and few between. Yeah. The periodontal disease for me as a professional was an indicator of other things. We're putting that mouth back in the body. And it's, it's using, it's making sure that we take the real positives from this. So that's the first phase of the stream. The first phase is education, 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 and empowerment of that patient to look after themselves. And it's amazing how many patients, that's enough. That's enough to break that cycle they've had for 30 or 40 years. Mm-hmm. That They've never been shown how to brush their teeth by the right person. It, it's really a beautiful journey when you take a step back and find that education, that responsibility to transfer. Yeah, I think if you've kind of hit the nail on the head there with just education and empowerment, you know, I've definitely learned a lot after speaking to you about how big a role education plays in in oral healthcare. And I think anyone can take that lesson away of, um, you know, you're probably quite right in saying you might be the first medical professional to sit down and talk about preventative care especially with the mouth if um rather than like a wham bam visit yeah. and out the door kind of it's brilliant I, I love educating patients to go oh man no one's ever told me that you know it's amazing mm-hmm. especially with these complicated patients because you can't do it for every single patient but you're not going to get phenomenally complicated periodontal disease for every single patient which is why you need that background support of the dental team to pick up everybody else if they get 95 percent of the patients and you concentrate on the five percent who are those patients who are the interesting ones secretly between you and me these patients who have got periodontal disease learn how to treat them they are the most satisfying patients you will come across with and they will love you forever once you turn them around yeah i think that is a, a fantastic note to end on we're not finished we're not finished yet i've still got two pages of notes to write through here all right well we'll pull back let's go <laughs> so 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 the, the step two is so the patient then comes back in again and then you're assessing if they've engaged or not because historically we would continue down a road of gum disease treatment gum disease treatment on patients who are still heavily smoking they haven't solved the prop the underlying conditions and now with these guidelines we've put gates in We've put you are not brushing your teeth. We're not gonna we're not gonna tend you away and chastise you and judge you and all that sort of stuff. But what we're not gonna do is say that we're gonna spend a lot of the NHS resources on patients who are not complying. So you're when you get a patient coming through that door, you're state you're on phase two. Imagine you're two or three months down the line. So you've done all your oral hygiene, you've done your education, the patient's gone to the GP, blah, blah, blah. They come through the door, and if you suddenly see that there's no real statistic on where the gate is but if they've got their mouth covered in plaque again or they're still heavily smoking they haven't engaged they haven't changed they haven't progressed so there is no point in wasting your time or the patient's time they may not want to engage so you're there to help that journey but some patients we work on round about i think the british society of periodontal disease um was saying it's about 50 percent reduction of plaque if you've got that change, is suddenly the 50% reduction in bleeding sites. Like you can see, that's when you progress onto the 
the ultrasonic cleaning of the pockets and making sure those debridement of the areas that are not particularly working correctly. Um, and then you're actually into stage or quadrant approach is for full mouth disinfection. But I liked multiple visits because then I got more of an engagement with that patient. And it was a, you've done really well. Let's celebrate where you've been to, where you've come from, and let's get everything clean. And then we'll leave you again. Or hygiene in another three months review. So the, these patients can take 18 months, two years, three years to get to a stage where we've got this totally under control. And I would be thinking about three months day review, doing a full period chart and looking for the responding sites. A lot of the sites in a truly responsive patient, the pockets would drop within less than four millimeters. And then if it's, if it's greater than four millimeters, you then re-clean them again. So I think it's really important to get them to that last final stage. The final stage is when you're reviewing them again, you've got all those pockets to reduce to less than four millimeters. You've, you've engaged if you need antimicrobials into those pockets, those areas, and you might have to tweak their oral hygiene. And you're looking at target-specific PMPR for the, for the sites. And I think that's really, really important. And you basically, you've moved into a lifelong support plan for those patients. So it's a fascinating journey. And periodontal disease, the disease is still the same disease, but it's how we manage it. And the behavioral change journey, I think, is the big thing to celebrate in the, the new journey for all these sites. Mm-hmm. Now I've been through all my notes. Is that better? <laughs> Yeah, I'm glad we got that that in there because it, it, it is some um, some interesting food for thought, definitely. We've covered an awful lot today. We've discussed the different uh, periodontal classifications. We've discussed the key changes in these new um, BSP guidelines, implementation in practice and with patients, um, how much better these guidelines are for patients because they are able to go away and look at them and be able to understand exactly what they say and feel like they can take a little bit more ownership over their oral health with obviously the dental team's help. Uh, if anyone listening wants to download the new classifications, um, please feel free. We will link their download links in the description of this podcast. We would encourage you to download it and have a look at it. Um, but Ben, thank you again for joining me today. Um, if anyone wants to find you on socials, do you want to just give them the handles if you've got them? Of course, Sophie. My, um, anybody needs to contact, reach out, or do whatever they do on social media. Um, it's on Instagram at, at Dental Ben or on Twitter at Ben underscore Atkins. I'm on that Facebook and LinkedIn and I don't know, whatever we're on these days. Well, but I yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And if you want to contact the foundation, we are on Twitter and Facebook at Dental Health Org, Instagram at Oral Health Foundation, and our website is dentalhealth.org where you can go and have a look and if you need to uh, direct patients to have a look at them if you think it might be helpful um but as a as a wrap-up we've covered an awful lot thank you again ben thank you again gsk for sponsoring this episode it's been fantastic and thank you for listening